Welcome to Faith on Fire, the broadcast that encourages believers to ignite the power of faith in their lives. Join us now as Pastor Vince Haney and Pastor Richard Hoyt Jr. bring the Word of God to fuel your faith. Welcome to another edition of Faith on Fire. I'm your host for this episode, Vince Haney from Rainbow Word of Faith, the Word Church. Pastor Richard Hoyt Jr. from the Community Church of God. He is not with us this week, for he's on a vacation or a staycation. Well, we miss you, Pastor Richard Hoyt, so we're going to dedicate this week to you. Again, this is Pastor Vince Haney from Rainbow Word of Faith, a.k.a. the Word Church, located at 574 East 12th Street, Chico, California. Uh, a church of all people, church of without walls, multiracial, multicultural, multigenerational. All are welcome. But anyway, this broadcast here is designed to ignite one's faith on fire. And when I use the word faith, I always think about confidence in, in God. And, also, and I always say that God and his word are one, just like wet and water. You can't separate God from his word just as we can't separate ourselves from our word. So faith on fire is having confidence in God's word. And, 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 and we who are born again, redeemed, reconciled, restored to God, we're saved. That's what the scripture says. If you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, that God sent him into the world to die for the uh, sins of humanity, and yet God raised them up from the dead. If you believe that in your heart and confess with your mouth, you're saved. And that's how everybody can come as they are and come in through the door, Jesus Christ. Not any door, the door, Jesus Christ. But here's the deal. Once we come in the door, we don't come in and just sit on our blessed assurance. It's time to go to work because we do. The Bible says in Colossians that we've been transferred or conveyed out of the kingdom of darkness and into the kingdom of the son of his love, which is the kingdom of God, which is the same kingdom that Jesus came to preach about and commanded us to advance. So with that, we have to realize now that we're saved because we've been redeemed and purchased by the precious blood of Jesus. Our new allegiance is now to the kingdom of God, not to any other government, any other kingdom except this superior government, which is from heaven, the kingdom of God. And that's where the revelation that's where the rubber meets the road. And you have to get a, we all have to get a revelation of we're in this new family, this new household of God, and we're all one in Christ Jesus. That's what the scripture means that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son and come all. God wants to redeem and reconcile all humanity, all mankind, all human creatures back to itself. And we understand that Adam broke that fellowship with God and Jesus came to redeem, restore and reconcile us back to God. And again, always just get on religious people because they make it seem like having a relationship with God is religious when it's not. It's about relationship. It's just like a parent and their child. Well, he's our Abba father and he's in heaven and his desires that his kingdom will come. His will will be done here on earth as in heaven. And the issue seems to be that, again, people get saved and they don't do the follow up work. 
And what the follower work is what Jesus called his disciple. Go make disciples. They don't get discipled. So then Christians stay conformed to this world, which means they're not transformed by the renewing of their mind. They don't have a re renewed mind to the, the principles of the kingdom of God, the ones that Jesus came to teach about. And they were contrary to this world system. <laughs> and again, the disciples, the ones that Jesus chose, they always thought that he was coming to overthrow the Roman Empire, which Israel was under Roman occupation. He was like, no, this kingdom that I come to establish, it's going to be on the inside of you. It tells us that in Matthew I believe 16, 19, that the kingdom of God is on the inside of us. And it starts with our, our hearts being born again and, 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 and that transformation that starts in our hearts, but then it starts to renew our mind. And that's what God wants us to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. He wants us to be discipled and start thinking kingdom or, as the scripture says in Ephesians, have the mind of Christ. And a lot of Christians have not so learned Christ, meaning they, they don't have the mind of Christ. They're still conformed to this world. They, their, their allegiance is still to the world and the things of the world and not the kingdom. And, that's, and Jesus said in Matthew 6, I, the Father knows you have need of all these things. He was talking about those things that pertain to life and godliness. But he says, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all things will be added to you. All what things? Those things that pertain to life and godliness. He says, and to seek the kingdom way is doing it God's way. And again, once we come into the family of God, the household of God, we got to start doing things God's way. We can't keep doing things the world way. The world's way in which he told us don't be conformed to anymore, but be transformed by the renewing of our mind. So we have to, oh man, we have to invest in our spiritual development. And he told Joshua, he gave Joshua some insight to that. He says, this book of the law, meaning the word of God, shall not depart from you. Don't ever let this word of God depart from you. He said, but on the contrary, I need you to do this. Meditate on it daily and nightly and then observe to do don't be just a hearer only but a doer do all observe to do all that's written in it and then you will make your way prosperous and then you have good success well that reminds me of what jesus said in john 10 10 he said the thief cometh but to steal kill and destroy but i came that you may have life and have it more abundantly so god desires us to, to live the abundant life from heaven's perspective the kingdom of god perspective but and he gave us a, a manual he gave us the owner's handbook which is the bible our owner's manual which is his bible and he wants us to study it he tells us in timothy study to show yourself approved so you have to study the word of god and the, the bible is just a book of seeds it says in luke luke 8 uh that the word of god is seed so you take this seed this incorruptible seed that it talks about in first or second peter incorruptible seed which is the word of god you plant it in the good ground of your heart you receive it with meekness the engrafted word that's able to save your soul it says that in james so you got to receive the truth and god's word is the truth you have to receive it on the good ground of your heart and meditate on it and meditation is a spiritual process that brings forth a natural manifestation physical manifestation so you got to meditate on the word constantly and it's going to transform what you believe. You're not going to believe what the world has programmed us to believe. We'll start now believing what God 
desires for us to believe, which is the truth. And Jesus said, you should know the truth and the truth will set you free. Also, as we're meditating on the word of God, since in Hebrews 4.12, it says the word of God is living and it's powerful and it's sharper than any two-edged sword. It's going to cut out or uproot any stinking thinking or demonic programming or world system programming that the devil has planted in our hearts and our spirits from the date of birth. So, but you have to receive with meekness. The scripture says in James to engrafted or implanted word. And I always use this illustration on engrafted or implanted. When one goes uh, to have a surgery performed, after the doctors prep you and everything, they have to use what they call scalpels to cut you open. <laughs> and they're not cutting you open just to make you mad or to do something malicious to you. It's to get to the root of the issue so they can fix the problem. So that's what the word of God does. It, it cuts you. So I always tell people because the word of God is like a two-edged sword and it's going to cut, but the scripture tells us to receive it with meekness. It's not only going to cut you, but it's going to, it's going to uproot some stuff and you can't get offended because of correction or uprooting. And Jesus said in Matthew, I believe it was, I think it was Matthew six, 15, he says, every plant that my heavenly father has not planted shall be uprooted. But in order for it to uproot it, you still have to do what it says in the book of James, receive with meekness the engrafted word, which is able to save your soul. And don't get offended by it because you got some old programming and it didn't line up with what you've been programmed to believe. You got to receive this new revelation and this truth, which is God's word is the truth. It was written that, uh, God is not a man that he should lie, and his word is the truth. And Jesus declared that I am the truth, the way, and the life. So as we uh, move forward in our Christian walk, we're called to be disciples, and the disciple is a student, a pupil. And I've been teaching at Raymond Word of Faith for this last, since the Super Bowl, I've been teaching Team Jesus, you know, and just giving a revelation of what it means to be on Team Jesus. And being on Team Jesus, first of all, when you get born into King Jesus, you, you, you get born into it by being saved. You just got to realize two things. First, he always calls you to triumph. You're a winner. You always get the victory. You, you, you never lose ever. Just like Scripture says in Romans eight eleven, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells inside of us and gives us gives life to our mortal bodies through his spirit that dwells in us. And we have to understand it's the same deutimous power that raised Christ from the dead. It now supernaturally dwells in us because we said yes and amen to Romans chapter eight. We believed and we received. And, and second, we got to know that now we have an adversary called the devil. And on any sports team, you have opposition. <laughs> That's the nature of sports. And again, in the kingdom of God, we've been translated out of the kingdom of darkness, it says in Colossians chapter one, and conveyed or transferred into the kingdom of the son of his love, the kingdom of God, the kingdom from heaven, the kingdom which Jesus reigns and rules and lords over. Yeah. So we have to uh, understand we're in this new kingdom and we have an adversary, the devil. And the scripture tells us over in Ephesians don't give the devil a place. I believe in Corinthians, he says, don't be ignorant of Satan's devices. So with that, we have to study the manual to find out how to defeat this opposition, this adversary that we have. And being again on team Jesus, Jesus said something in John 15 that lets us uh, 
that gives us some understanding. But first of all, in Ephesians, he tells us, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand the wiles of the devil. And he tells you that, you know, people aren't your problem. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. And that's one thing we have to understand, too. When we get saved, God so loves the world. He's not a hater. He's a lover. And he reveals to us that people aren't our problem. Satan, he's our opposition. He's the adversary. But here's what I know about Satan. He works in and through people. Just like God works in and through people. Satan works in and through people. So we have to love people. But we, we, we can we can just hate the devil and we have to defeat him the same way Jesus defeated him. And I believe Matthew chapter four, when he was led in the wilderness to be tempted by Satan and Jesus went head up with Satan. And that was his him first getting launched into ministry just after he got baptized and the heavens opened up and said, this is my beloved son whom I well pleased. He was immediately led to the wilderness to be tempted by Satan. And if we study that out in Matthew 4 and in other places of the New Testament, we'll find out Jesus didn't pick up any sticks or stones to try to beat Satan up with. He whooped him with the word of God. He kept on declaring, it is written, it is written, it is written. And the Bible says, tells us to be followers of Christ. That Christ is our example. He's our role model and following his footsteps. So if Christ defeated Satan by declaring what is written in the spoken word of God. That's the, that's our weapon. The scripture says in Ephesians, the word of God is the sword of the spirit. And we use our mouth because death and life is in the power of the tongue. We use our mouth for our words to defeat Satan. We decree and declare things, but we decree and declare things in line with what God said was really called in Matthew 19. It's called the word of the kingdom. So, and, and again, we're called ambassadors for Christ. We're ambassadors of the kingdom of God from heaven. We're ministers of reconciliation. So we speak what the kings commanded us to speak concerning whatever it may be, spiritual warfare, whatever it may be, because he's given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. If he's, he's given us the revelation of all things. So we have to declare that. That's why the scripture says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Let the sick say that I'm healed. Let the uh, weak say that I'm strong. So you got to declare things, what's to be in line with, with kingdom talk. And it's just like over in uh, Romans 4, it talks about with Abraham. Against hope, but in hope, he believed. Even though the circumstances look contrary to what God said, he still declared what God said. And he first declared it by saying his name is not Abram, no more it's Abraham, which Abraham means the father of many nations. So we have to learn to get our speech right first when we get saved. And that's what we do at Raymond Word of Faith. We just go to the to the root of things and, and tell and let people reveal the people through the word of God that death and life is not in the power of the devil. It doesn't say that in the Bible. It says it's in the power of the tongue. So now you got to start Speaking the word of the kingdom and, and, and reigning, speaking reigning, because, again, words are spiritual seed. They bring forth a spiritual, natural, and a physical manifestation. And the scripture says, a good man out of the good treasures of his heart brings forth good things, and an evil man out of evil treasures of his heart brings forth evil things. So whatever you're feeding on constantly throughout your day is going to come out. Again, the quality of the intake will determine the strength of the output.
So what are you feeding on every day? Are you feeding on CNN and all the things that the world desires you in this world system desires you to think on and meditate on? Or are you thinking on kingdom stuff, biblical stuff? Because God's going to give you a revelation through his word. He's going to give you, and there's a difference from information and revelation. Anybody can read the Bible and get information, but it's because the Holy Spirit is in us. He reveals the deep things of God to us and gives us revelation. We can see things in a word that an unsaved person can't see because we're in the family of God and the Holy Spirit lives in us and he reveals to us all things. That's the role of the Holy Spirit. And that's a whole nother teaching. But anyway, being on team Jesus means he always causes us to triumph. He always gives us the victory. And again, back to John 15, this is what Jesus said right here. I am 15, 1, John chapter 15, verse 1. I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. God desires us to be fruitful. All in the New Testament, he talks about bearing fruit and being fruitful and producing. He wants us to produce righteousness from a kingdom of God perspective. So look at verse 3. He says, you are already clean because of the word which I've spoken to you. That's good news right there. Knowing because I've been redeemed, I'm already clean. I've been washed with the blood of Jesus. So now I have to go through my Christian life. And I got to get this early because Satan, one of his jobs, remember, steal, kill, and destroy. So I have to get this revelation that there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Because as a baby Christian, you're going to miss the mark hundreds of times. And you got to understand, just like a little child that's learning to walk, he's going to stumble a lot, but the parents still lift them up and pick them up and, and tell them to do it again. And they still take care of them. So you have to know that, that he's our Abba Father. He loves us more than our natural parents does. So he doesn't condemn you. He convicts you, but conviction leaves your faith intact so you can continue on. And the scripture tells us to walk by faith, not by sight. So anyway, here we go. Uh, verse four, this is Jesus speaking. He said, abide in me and I in you. And you got, I like to define words as I'm studying the scriptures. I got me a Bible dictionary or I'll get the definition of a word and find out what they mean. So abide means to live in. Abide in me and I in you. Because he says, I'm going to live in you. I'm going to live in you through my Holy Spirit. And that's what he, Jesus say he is leaving with the believers because he's going back to sit at the right hand of the Father. And speaking of the right hand of the Father, he said in Ephesians, he made us sit together with him in heavenly places. So we are a part of his body, and he's the head of the body of Christ. But anyway, 15.4, abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself. And again, we're the branches. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. And I always give this picture of a tree with branches sticking off of it. And if I break one of the branches off the tree and just lay it on the side of the tree or nearby the tree, it's not going to produce no more. It's going to die and wither away. So that's what Jesus is saying. When you get saved, you got to stay connected to me. And again, one way you stay connected to God is through his word, because Jesus is the living word. And Revelation says that he's the word of God. You got to stay connected to the word of God. And God's going to put people in your life, according to Ephesians chapter four, to help build you over. I call them. You know, the contractors, God, contractors. In Ephesians 4, he say he's given gifted men. He's given some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. Verse 12 tells you why. And it says, for the equipping or the perfecting of the saints. 
the building up. So you need, and again, I ain't saying go to any church because some churches will hurt you better than the world. You got to make sure, and, and I tell people to pray and ask God, where do you want me at? And I just encourage people to get in a good Bible-based church where you see evidence, you see fruit. You, and most of it is, the main fruit is love. <laughs> you know, are we loving well? Because the Bible says in First John, God is love. And we're ambassadors, representatives from him. We should be reflecting love as well. So anyway, he's going to give somebody in your life. That's why I get on people that won't, don't want to go to be a part of a congregation. Well, you're out of order because the scripture says he gave some to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, for the equipping, for the building up of the saints. So if you don't have anybody help building you up, that God's anointed to do that, and then you're being deceived. And the scripture says in James, don't be just a hearer only of the word, but a doer. And he says, because if you're just a hearer only, you're deceiving yourself. But if you're a doer, you'll be blessed in what you do. So if you connect to a good Bible-based church and allow the Lord to build you up through that ministry leader, then you're going to start producing, just like Jesus said, staying connected to him. So let's just read on. Verse 5, I am the vine. This is Jesus speaking. You are the branches. He or she who abides in me and I in them bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. Man, that's a powerful statement right there. Jesus just said, without me, you can do nothing. But they that abide in me bears much fruit. God desires that anything he plants on the earth produce and bear much fruit. And he says, I want you to bear fruit resembling heaven. Remember, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as in heaven. That's what we should be moving towards constantly, advancing the kingdom of God, advancing love, advancing prosperity, advancing health and healing, casting out demons. Anywhere that Satan has a bruise, we're supposed to be there as ambassadors making it right. Again, and if you're just going to churches and you're not getting that teaching or that understanding, that revelation, you probably need to do what the scripture says. Like I say, examine yourself to see if you're in the faith. We, and, we, and how we examine ourselves, we take this word of God, which is scripture calls the mirror in Corinthians. And if, it's, if the congregation or the church that you're a part of, the ministry, if they're not reflecting this New Testament, and then you got You may have to say, "Hey," because Jesus said there's going to be sh wolves in sheep's clothing. That's going to deceive the flock. Over in uh, Timothy, he talks about having this form of godliness but denying the power. And, and again, there's power that comes with the kingdom. <laughs> there's power that comes with the kingdom. There's power that comes towards the individual who has who are who's in right standing with God, meaning you're righteous. Because of what Jesus did. Scripture says, he who knew no sin was made sin for us that we become the righteous of God. So there's got to be some evidence of your relationship with God. Not just you attend church. But there should be some evidence on Monday, Sunday, Sunday Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. And it should mostly be love because that's the fruit of the spirit. That should come off your tree first and foremost. And then, you know, he says, also add to your faith. So anyway, back to the text. Back to verse 5. I am the vine, you are the branches. He or she who abides in me, and I in them, bears much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. Verse 6. If anyone does not abide in me, he or she is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them up, throw them into the fire, and they are burned. Verse 7. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you. That's the revelation right there. 
He said, and my words abide in you. You will ask what you desire and it will be done. So his words abide in you, meaning you have understanding. You have the word of the kingdom. So you're not going to ask or desire anything outside of God's will because you've been studying his word and you understand what his will is. And I always tell people this. They always say, I don't know what the will of God is. Well, the will is contained in his word. Just study the word. You'll find out what the Lord's will is. And again, Jesus said in John 10, 10, I came that you may have life and have it more abundantly. That sounds like bearing much fruit to me. So God wants you to be fruitful in your relationships, in your marriage, in your social status, in your spirit, in your health, and your finances. That's where he just wants you to be fruitful in all that. That sounds like abundant life. The life, And that's what Jesus said, I came to, to reintroduce this kingdom, but was lost in the garden. I came to bring the garden of Eden back on earth, but it's going to start inside of you. That's why it says in Colossians 1.27, uh, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Over in Matthew, he said the kingdom of God is not over there or there. It's in you. And we have to get an understanding of it. Christ in us, the hope of glory. God comes to live in us, and he wants us to be on display. He wants us to represent him well because we're on team Jesus. I'm going to keep reading uh, verse 8. I'm going to go back to verse 7. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. Uh-oh. By this, uh-oh, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so will you be my disciples. Uh-oh, see, remember I said disciples. Disciples mean a student. So you have to constantly be a disciple. And Jesus said this, too, in another text. If you continue in the word, and then are you my disciples indeed, and you should know the truth, and the truth will set you free. So as we as new believers and just coming into the faith, we have to continue. We have to constantly Feed on the spirit, feed on the word of God, which is spirit. Jesus said in John six, you got to continue to feed on the word every day. You can't go a day without not feeding on the word. Cause remember you're on team Jesus and you have an adversary, an opposition called Satan and his cohorts. They're always out to steal, kill and destroy. And our assignment is to advance the kingdom of God. So we have to put more pressure on the enemy than he's trying to put on us. We got to put what we call that full press. <laughs> they use that in basketball, full press. We can't ever give up. So you got to do what Jesus said. Bless those that persecute you. Uh-oh, now you're doing the word. Now you're doing the, pray for those who spitefully use you. He didn't say talk about them. He said pray for them. You know, he said don't trade evil for evil, but overcome evil with good. For vengeance is mine, says the Lord. That's being not just a hero only when you demonstrate that. That's being a duel. And we're called... To demonstrate the gospel. Paul said in my speech and my preaching were not with enticing words of human wisdom, but in the demonstration of the spirit and of power. That your faith may not be in the wisdom of men, but the power of God. He says, I'm not just going to preach about this. I'm going to demonstrate this. And I tell all even new believers, you can demonstrate kindness. You can demonstrate forgiveness. And, and as you start growing, you'll be able to demonstrate some bigger stuff laying hands on the sick and, and they're being set free, you know, casting out demons. You, you can do big things for God because in Ephesians 3.20 it says, Now unto him 
who's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we can ask or think or even imagine according to that power that worketh in us. Ooh, that's that same power that raised Christ from the dead. That's that power of love, the power of faith that transforms your life. Well, that's going to do it for this segment of Faith on Fire. I'm Vincent Haney, and I just want to say I love you. And as you go through this week, keep walking by faith. Faith on Fire.